Hello and welcome to the Authentic Wednesday podcast. Today is me, your host, Bianca Hughes, and we are still on a podcast pause, but as promised, I am bringing you an encore episode. This episode is with Dwayne Noseworthy, and we're just really talking about intentionally loving um, and what that really looks like. This was a great, fun conversation. So many gems I took away from him, but really some of the most important things was having love and respect as a foundation. And I love that he is so positive, so energetic, but he really shares about every day he has to make a choice to love. Every day he has to make a choice to forgive and things like that. My favorite thing is we talked about the authenticity ride and being on the authenticity ride and kind of like being on a roller coaster and you're not sure about authenticity, but when you get on it, you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So just so many gems, even just talking about families and parenting and what that looks like, you know, taking on our stuff from our parents and then passing it down to our to our kids and and learning from that. So let's go ahead and get into this great conversation. When I just got on the ride to true authenticity, I was like, this ride is the best ride I've ever been on in my life. I love that. The authenticity ride. (laughs) (laughs) That's yours. You can have that, B. I can have that. Thanks. You can have that. Thanks, (laughs) dude. Hello and welcome to the Authentic Wednesday podcast. Each week, my guests and I share our vulnerable behind-the-scenes stories of giving ourselves permission to take off our masks, let go of our expectations, and embrace our own path of freedom and authentic connection. I'm your host, Bianca Hughes, a lover of authenticity and a licensed professional counselor in Georgia. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Authentic Wednesday podcast. As always, it's a pleasure to have you here and listening to the podcast. Please, as always, I'd love to hear your feedback and just share with people whenever you hear something and you feel like someone needs to hear it, please share. Today, I have a guest on the podcast and I must say, I probably laughed so much. So you're going to hear my cackle in here a few times um, because my guest, while he's not an official comedian, He is a very funny person and also a very thoughtful person as well. Dwayne Noseworthy is my guest on the podcast today. Dwayne is from London, so a fellow Londoner. He is a dancer, actor, presenter, singer, writer, choreographer, and a motivational sharer. Dwayne's life mission is to lead by example, to live, thrive, and leave a true, authentic legacy in this world. His life mantra is me first, not me only, and selfish for selfless reasons. His favorite destination, he says, why pick one when everything is so individually unique, epic in its own way, and he's loved everywhere he has been. His passion is to entertain, dance, act, host, sing, write, just have fun, keep smiling, and to share that feeling of joy with others. Fun fact, Dancing was his life, but acting was 
and is his first love. And it was his fear of acting that made him accidentally fall into dance. Let's hope that changes. Let's go ahead and get into the conversation. So thank you, Dwayne, for coming on the Authentic Wednesday podcast. How are you today? I am fabulous. I'm awesome, as I like to say. You're awesome. That's a very yeah. American word. <laughs> I know. I think, I think I got it off a clip that was actually from some American guy talking about how women are awesome. And ever since he said how women are awesome, I kind of just took that word and thought, you know what? I'm awesome. We are awesome. So I'm awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They say it a lot here in America. I don't hear a lot of English people saying it. <laughs> yeah. I've taken Love it. it. Um, so since we are on the Authentic Wednesday podcast, I always like to ask my guests, what does authenticity mean for you? How do you define it? Um, for me, I think it's about being, it's the buzzwords. I'm not really into the buzzwords, but it's not because I don't believe in the buzzwords. I just don't believe in them being people using them just as buzzwords. But for me, it's about being your true self, you know, like unveiling the mask and just being as true to who you are as possible, you know, mm -hmm. just totally just being open, transparent and authentic from, from and with love and respect. Mm. That's, that's really important for me. The love and respect part? 1000%. How come? Because I think love and respect is a foundation of everything. I think that's why we're here. That's how we coexist with everything. I think love is the foundation of connection. And I think all of us connect here, you know, from us as human beings, from like us with, you know, with the earth and everybody else gets a little bit deep, but you understand my point. But I feel like connection and love and respect is the true beginning and foundation of everything. Mm. It's the core. Yeah, I totally agree. But so let me ask you this question, though, because yeah. I get this a lot. You know, as a therapist, people ask, talk about, I always ask this question, why are you together? And like, because I love them. And to me, it's not enough. I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, that's not enough. Oh, because I love them. Well, what do you mean? So no, when you say love, what okay, do you cool. mean? <laughs> right. Okay. That's that. No, see, that's good. I'm glad you asked the question because love is not enough. Love it. Love is just the foundation. Notice key word I said there. It's the core. It's the foundation. But like everything in life, if you just allow something to lay dormant, then it's just going to be do just that. You know. So love is the the key and the foundation. But you have to make actual effort, active effort, for love to do its job. So mm -hmm. love itself. It's like time. People say, you know, in time I'll heal. No, it's not time itself that allows us to heal. It's what you do with time that allows time to allow you to heal. Same with love, you know, what you do with love. What, how do you define love? <sighs> love, <laughs> there's different definitions of love, but for me, love in terms of just the core foundation of love, love is connection. Yeah. Like if you, if like, cause then, because love goes different ways, it goes into different realms. If you're talking romantic, I've, um, I feel like you can't have all, I feel like love from the core has to start and stem from yourself. So love and respect for self allows you to then love and respect anything and others. So love to me is about self-preservation, like really knowing who you are and loving yourself from inside out, not outside in, from the internal to then show externally. So love for me is about that. Love has no expectation. 
love just is it's free flowing it just it, it understands it understands that there's no right or wrong in anything it just is yeah love focuses on everything being a lesson and being a benefit love is just about like it's not right or wrong negative or positive it just is and it takes everything that can benefit you and allows you to thrive and live in the best way mm. if that is a definition of love <laughs> it's hard to define love without saying love yeah yeah i say because it we have much words to yeah. i think we're limited but with words that we can used to describe the way that we feel and see and think you know yeah I think for me it's definitely a a action 1000 percent yeah you can't tell me like sometimes people just say it's so free-flowing and um but it's easier actually for me to love someone than to like someone (laughs) because for me, love is an action. Like I can show you that action of making sure you eat or making sure you are dressed or clothed, but it doesn't mean I have to like who you are. 1,000%. I've, I've found myself, what you just said there is really interesting about some people use it so freely, but I found myself using love very freely now, but mm-hmm. not in the sense that you're talking about. You know, people use the word love freely, not actually understanding what love is because they're only talking about it from a romantic sense. Like you love me because of what I do for you and you do for me. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about going on the tube and loving someone instantly just from holding the door open for them. Male, female, whatever. Like I walk and talk with love being my entire being, you know? So from when I leave this house, like the conversation we're having now, I'm speaking from a place of love. Like I tell people I love them every single day. Like it's a word I use. I use the word, it's love language I use now. I speak love language. Mm, mm, I love that. Have you always been like that though? Yes, but I've never understood it and I've never been to this level of it. I didn't know and understand it to this level. So I've always been this way, but I I didn't know it. So what do you mean you didn't know it? How did you kind of like discover it? So I I think growing up, I've always been a person that is like, I'm a people person. I love people. I love to love. I love to give and I love to receive and all of those things. And I've always been a positive person, you know, always wanted to be the funny man, always making people laugh and all that, bringing joy around me, making sure I receive joy as well. But I put people before me a lot. I didn't realize that. And when I did that, I sacrificed myself. And I find that a lot of us sacrifice ourselves because again, that's the definition of love on the surface in the world. People think that you have to be, that love means you have to sacrifice yourself. People think that, Love is 50-50, not knowing that love is actually 100-100. I come with my 100, you come with yours. So I learned how to be a better version of myself through experiences, through others' experiences, and just kind of looking at myself in the mirror and going, wait, hold on, who are you? And what if you're saying you love people so much, where are you in this table of love? Where are you? Where do you see yourself? And it started to change for me. I just started to change my perspective when Cassie fell pregnant with our first child with Kayla, I was like, right, I need to, I need to make it. I need to make this happen. I need to make it and make this happen for, for our baby. And in the same breath, I was like, hold on, I can't do it for this child. i got to do it for me. And in, it was like instantly, everything that I thought, I still felt the same love and feeling, but it just switched. I started to think it for me first over others before me 
And it was a switch that went and I was like, oh my, wait, how am I going to do this? Because I don't think people are going to really understand it because they're going to see it as me telling them no. Or, and I just had to switch it. And I just found this space of like, no, this, this works. This is me. So yeah, it just kind of switched over time. A lot of experiences, us falling pregnant, all those things. I was like, I really have to put me first. I have to love myself with the same intention that I want to love others. Wow. Was that scary? Yeah. There were moments. It was moments. There were scary moments, but mostly it was freeing. Mm. You know, like when you go on a roller coaster, like I used to fear getting on a roller coaster. In it. And I remember the first time I ever went on a ride and I was just like, ah, it's almost like that. Like when I just got on the ride to true authenticity, I was like, this ride is the best ride I've ever been on in my life. I love that. that. The authenticity ride. (laughs) (laughs) That's yours. You can have that, B. I can have that. Thanks, You can have that. Thanks, dude. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I just realized that that ride, because that's life. And there's going to be, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be twists and turns. And there's going to be parts that you're not going to like and will scare you. But mostly, you're going to be screaming pure joy. And that's what I do every day. I just stay focused on that joy, on that, that ride, you know, that part that I like. So what happens when it's scary? Because I know you are super positive. You're going to get you guys, you can look at his Instagram. He's like positive yeah. and like be having me cracking up in the middle of the night. Like I promise if I, I go to your page when I'm like just mad. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I'll just be cracking up. I'll be like, who does this? But it's so good. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) What happens, though, to you when you're in those moments? Because I know that everybody is not like that all the time. Of course. You are like that the majority of the time. And so, you know, I always like to share that part of people so people understand how do you get back to that space? Not that you're like that all the time, but what happens when you are? you get a bit down. Yeah. So for me, that's the time where it matters most to be on that ride. That's when it matters most. That's when I buckle in. Like I I put, I strap in and I go, Oh, I need to get on this ride rather than go. I don't want to go on this ride today. Cause that's often what we do. We go, I don't want to go through this feeling. I don't want to go through this emotion because it's a feeling of sadness or, or, or fear, anxiety, stress, pressure, whatever it is. And that's when I go, right. I need to get on this ride. And what I mean by that, I'll go deeper, is that I have to fully, it's what I call the AAEE syndrome. I have to fully acknowledge, accept, experience, and embrace every emotion and every feeling. Right? So I have to. me acronyms here. I'm about to use this in the therapy room. <laughs> yeah, please. Take it. That's for you again, B. Please. <laughs> But yeah, the A-A-E-E, like that for me, I have to do that with everything. That's when it matters most that you have to go, right, I have to, I have to acknowledge this. Because firstly, that's what you have to do with the pain, whatever it is, or the sadness. Because we do it with joy, but we don't know that we're doing it with joy. We acknowledge joy. We accept it. We experience and we embrace it. And then we go further. We love it. We ride it. Oh, my days. I'm having a party with joy. But the moment something don't feel good, we run away. 
and we switch off from doing that. And in actual fact, you have to allow that pain, that emotion or whatever it is, you have to allow that to pass by and through you. So you have to sit with it. So, but you don't become it. You A-A-E-E. Don't become the feeling, the emotion. You just acknowledge, accept it, experience it and embrace it. But you don't become it. The only thing you become is what we start from, which is love. Mm. That's it. That's it. So, man, that's so good. I can. Okay. So I always have to preference this because you are a black man and emotions for men are not easy in general, full stop, because that's not how the world, you know, allows men to feel. Except if you're a gay man, like gay men feel emotions are so free. I feel like they're so free to feel emotions. It's crazy. And they do it very well. But as a heterosexual man, black male, yep. um, how has this been for you with all of the stigmas and the expectations of what it means to be, quote, unquote, a man? How has that been? Again, I don't ignore it. I accept it. Like, I, I, I acknowledge, okay, that's how society views us and society has actually painted us to be. By natural fact, because I'm getting back in touch with my true authentic self. I just don't focus and feed that. I focus and feed my true transparency, my true authentic self. And I just focus on that. So if I want to cry, I cry. If I want to be sad, I be, like I said, I don't become it, but I allow myself to feel that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? If that's what I want to feel, I feel it. I don't run away from that feeling of being a man. Because to me, being vulnerable makes me more of a man than I've ever been in like my whole life. Like, because I now know that I can actually just feel those feelings and allow those to pass by and through and allow myself to actually talk openly and honestly with somebody. Do you know what I mean? You can have a true conversation with men and women when you're being vulnerable. To me, when you're vulnerable, you're stronger than you've ever been personally. So I'm not afraid of being vulnerable because I think that's what it is. We're, We're all afraid of it because society says, that's not what makes, like, you know, if you cry, the first thing you say is man up. Like I used to say it to my boys and I say to them now, if you cry, feel, feel free to cry, but know why you're crying. I say it to my twin boys. Do you know what I mean? Know why you're crying. Don't cry because you think that's what you're meant to do. And don't not cry because you think you're not allowed to, but just know what it is you're doing. Like you are totally responsible and accountable for you. So understand it. Like take a moment and breathe that in. If you're crying, what are you crying about? What are you crying for? So you can allow yourself to actually feel that emotion and then it can pass by and through. And now you can man up, if we're going to say that. I don't really like to use those ones, but now we can at least just stand up in our love. <laughs> <laughs> a man told me that one, seriously. He said, nah, sir, you don't fall in our love. You must stand up in our love. I said, wow, that is amazing. That's <laughs> so don't so fall true. in love. No, he said, don't fall in love and don't be a fool in love. You must stand up in our love. And I was like, wow, that's, I can do that. I can stand up in our love. Yes, uncle, may I go do that? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I stand up in our love now. So you actually, but what is interesting, even though you were doing your work from your daughter to love yourself, there were still these things like, I, you know, I always tell people it's a journey. It's not this destination, but you had yeah. to even catch yourself saying to your boys, you know, you know, man up. Like you had to kind of catch yourself 
Yeah. Even though you were doing the work. Like that's why I explain to people, like it's not, we're not always arrived. One well, no way. I mean, I used to when my daughter was what a baby, like I used to be able to tell my daughter to suck it up when she cried. So I could just that's the kind of respect and power that I had as a father. When my daughter was would be crying, because again, I'm learning. I'm a new dad. She'll be crying. I'll be like, suck it up, suck it up. And she'll but now that plays a part in why the moment my voice is a certain way with my daughter, she can't do anything but cry. The moment I speak to her in a certain way, tears roll down her face and I ask her, why are you crying? And she goes, because I don't want to disappoint you. And that's because I think I didn't allow her to cry when she was younger. So I apologize to her. And I say to her, listen, again, I don't believe in no wrong and right, but I will say, I don't think that benefited you what I did. I did it with the greatest of intention and it worked because to be honest, I didn't have to deal with you crying and you... <laughs> You sucked it up. However, there's a long lasting effect that that could have on you if I don't speak to you and tell you, listen, daddy apologizes for that. Because in actual fact, that didn't fully benefit you. You know, if when I was telling you to suck it up, I could have told you to suck it up. But in a way, like I told the boys, know why you're crying. You know what I mean? So listen, if you're going to be crying for no reason, suck that up. Suck it up. However, you want to cry? Go ahead and have your, go ahead, take your moment and cry. But what I did was it was more of a parent control. Suck it up. I don't want to see you crying. Don't you dare. That's where I was from. Do you know what I mean? We got beaten for crying. We got told, if you want me to give you something to cry for? Yeah. So instead of doing that, I just told her, suck it up. So again, it's like you said, it's constantly learning. Um, I, I, I didn't just, it's not like you said, you, we didn't just arrive. It's a constant journey, constantly learning. Even what I'm saying now will probably evolve to something else the next time we speak because we're constantly evolving. Yeah. I love that there's so many things about that parenting thing. (laughs) I swear we were abused emotionally. Like, my mum would be like, will you survive? I was like, no, I'm sitting in therapy. Not because you didn't feed me. Not because I didn't have no food. No, because it was emotional abuse. (laughs) Like, like in a sense, they were... Yeah, they learned that. They were doing the best that they know, but it wasn't exactly. okay. And I'm glad that, you know, you apologized to your um, to your daughter because that yeah. was foreign to us, you know, especially coming from a Caribbean background. That was, like, foreign. How <laughs> have you had to have a deep look at your parenting methods and um, change them? Have you had to do that? I- yeah, yeah. I think I do it in the moment as well. It's not like I don't, I don't overthink it, you know, because, because again, we're still, as much as we're the teachers now, we're the parents, we're still also the students. And I still believe that our kids teach us as much as we're teaching them. So I just, I just go into this with my eyes open. You know, I, I'm, 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 I'm aware. I'm constantly and consistently aware that this, like you said, is a journey and we ain't arrived anywhere. The moment we arrive, we're, mo- we're moving on to the next moment because that's what it is. It's like, you know, it's constantly moving. So for me, yeah, I'm just like, I like myself as a parent. I love myself as a parent, in fact, because I appreciate the lessons that I've learned from it, whether they were good or bad, right or wrong. I appreciate that I, I can see that and I'm learning from that. So I love myself as a parent. I, I enjoy being a dad. Um, I check myself. I have conversations with my mom all the time about how, like you said, the abuse you know, because <laughs> she got double standards. She got full on double standards. She doesn't see it the same. 
She's like, no, no, no. Like your mom said, she goes, yeah, but it worked. I said, yeah, but I could then use the same formula on my kids. But you'd have something to say if I did that. If I took what you did, like exact replica of what you did to my children, you would have an immediate problem. But that's how you brought me up. And she said, yeah, but it was a different time. So for example, she spoke about, um, you know, why she would beat me. <laughs> she goes, listen, you had to do it because she goes, look, you never got involved in no crime, blah, blah, blah. I said, no. I said, but you're the one who tells me, mom, that it's worse now than when I was growing up. True? She's like, yeah. So I said, by rights, by your philosophy, I should be doing worse than what you did to me to my boys then. I should be brucking them up daily. <laughs> right? If by your account, because you're saying the reason why you beat me is because it stopped me from going down, that it kept me on the straight and narrow. So should I not do the same to my boys as well? And not, should I not do worse by your account? Because you're saying it's worse than when I was growing up. So I should have dumbbells, just be clapping them up. <laughs> we know that that doesn't work and that's not what we do. That's abuse. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to say to my mom that you need to understand that you can't have this double standard. So even from them, I'm still learning. Like, you know, we're still teaching them. Yeah, for real. Like, I don't have no kids. But I have nieces. And I see it sometimes when my mom says stuff to my niece. And I'm like, don't say that to her. <laughs> like, I'll be protecting my niece. Like, don't do, you can't do that. You know that big shame thing? I'm going to tell everyone they, what you did. Don't do that. <laughs> they love that. That's shame. They love that. Yeah. They love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. I know one of the things you talked about is the healing. One of the yeah. One of the things that you said is healing is messy and there's no timeline for healing. Yeah. You like that? (laughs) I like that. What made you come up with that? Well, I mean, all of these things aren't necessarily mine. It's what I see and I share because I can identify with that. Like I can understand that. I see that through, like we said, through my mom, Cassie, her mom, like just our parents' generation in particular, there's a lot of healing and it's messy. Like, so messy and I don't even think this they've healed yet and as you said like we've spoken about it's definitely a journey and there's still a lot of healing but they don't even understand the ancestral pain Mm. I had to tell my mom about ancestral pain the other day because my mom didn't really believe that as far as she was concerned she did all she could to ensure that I never ever felt her pain but you can't not make me feel your pain just because you hide it I can still feel it because it's, it's, it's more than what's on the surface. It's not external. Pain is something that starts from internal. If you don't deal with it internally, you're, gonna, you're, you're, not, you're not healing. So therefore you're going to see it. So it's messy because it can, it can just go from one generation to another. It might not even be my pain that I'm feeling. It could be my grandmother's. It could be from, from the slave trade. Like we are still healing from slavery as black people. Mm-hmm. regardless of whether we ourselves had gone through what our ancestors had. Because although, yeah, I know that we've probably gone through some sort of racism, we've never gone through it to the degree that our ancestors have. But people still don't understand that we feel that. And that's what I mean by healing is messy. It's like, it's continuous. It never stops. Whether it's yours or not, there's ancestral healing that needs to take place. And time doesn't define that again. It's what we do with time, you know? So when we work on ourselves during and with time, healing gets better and it is messy and it's okay. Just that's all right. That it's messy. Yeah. And I love that factor that it's not just time. It's what you do with the time you have to do. Like I always say, you have to do the work like that is. It's a must. 
that's my biggest thing. Like you have to do the work, you know, you come in and you see me, but if you do not do the work outside of this therapy room, nothing is going to change. If you're not open to what it takes, then yeah. It's I agree. Another thing you said, which I think kind of goes back to the whole authenticity. Um, if you're unhappy, that means you're not in alignment with who you are. Yeah. How did you discover that? For yourself? For me, there's certain things that take place where, again, you have to be, real big thing for me is being, it's not about blame and fault. Because a lot of the time when people read something like that, they think it's about putting blame and fault onto somebody or taking blame and fault. And it's not about that. It's actually about responsibility and accountability. So taking ownership, responsibility and accountability for self, Mm -hmm. you know, for one's happiness. If you make a choice actively, like you said, just a moment ago, it's about doing the work. If you actively make a choice to do the work and choose to be happy from inside out, then you'll, you'll feel that alignment with the universe and you'll feel that alignment with others. And again, you won't, you'll lose all expectation because that's, that's true happiness. That's true love Mm. to release and relinquish all control and expectation. And to just be in the moment and to be aware that you are your happiness. Happiness starts and stems from you. It can't start and stem from anything else outside of you. You know, those things can help, but it has to start from you because the alignment starts and stems from you. So if you're unhappy, the alignment is off. Mm, Yeah. And a lot of people be blaming other people. I agree. That's the easy thing to do. It's easier to blame somebody else because more often than not, somebody played a part in you being unhappy. That's the truth. But again, how people, the same way people can only assist and help you to be happy is the same way they can only help and assist you to be unhappy. The bottom line is, it's down to you to choose and decide whether you want to be happy or not. It's how you choose to respond, not react. Because again, what people do is, people say for every action, there is a reaction. And that's true. But that's just a dope rhyme. Don't react. (laughs) For every action, you know, choose a better response. It doesn't have to rhyme. Let's make it make sense. Let's let it be beneficial. For every action, there is a reaction. But a reaction is exactly that. You're reacting somebody else's action. That's good. Why would I do that? Why put myself through that? So if you're angry with me and then I react to your anger, we are now both acting and reacting anger. Period. However, if you're angry with me and I choose to respond accordingly with love and respect, doesn't mean I tolerate your anger or tolerate your behavior. However, how I respond deals with how I feel and how I can navigate through this situation, you know? And that's what I work on every single time. I don't always get it right, but I check myself. Because it's, again, like I said to you, it's not about right or wrong. It's about learning and then understanding what you can do with those lessons and moving forward in a beneficial way. How does it feel when you have to check yourself? (laughs) (laughs) Again, mostly freeing. All the time? You know, mostly. Okay. Mostly. You heard the word I said. Mostly. (laughs) Mostly freeing. Because when you check yourself, it don't feel as bad as someone else checking you. (laughs) Okay. You understand? So when you check yourself, it's like, 
you got there before they did. And it feels you can then have a conversation with someone about you checking yourself and, and what they thought about before they've checked you. So they can now tell you, yeah, you know what? I'm glad you said that because in actual fact, that did make me feel away. And you could go, you know what? I get that. And I apologize for that because I understand what I said was hurtful, blah, blah, blah. So now you can have a conversation rather than uh, 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 a war, a battle. Do you know what I mean? Back and forth about, no, well, you did this. No, well, you did that. Well, no, well, I feel as though I think that you made me feel this way. Well, I think you made me. So now we're just going back and forth, trying to get one up on one another. So checking myself, for me personally, is always a beautiful experience because I choose to focus on it being beautiful. Okay. Do you ever not focus on it being beautiful? Hell hell no. (laughs) I can't. Why would I do that to myself? But that doesn't, the question you're asking is, do I ever feel like I don't want to do this? Every single day. You want to know the real core. Every day I battle with whether I should continue to do this. Every single day. Really? But it might be just a moment. Ah. It might be a few moments throughout the day. And what makes but you my focus? <sighs> Surface, isn't it? External life. Like, is it worth it? Is anyone really listening? Does anyone really care? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, what's the point? If nobody's doing it, what's the point? And then I remember, oh, the point is for me first, not me only. And that's the cycle. So I always come back to me. I always start with me. I go, remember why you're doing this. You're doing it for you first. So in order for me to feel good, I'm doing it. And then I can do that with others. So, you know, and then it just comes right back around. That cycle just keeps coming, comes right back to me. It reminds me of something I was reading the other day. Um, Someone shared that they had a rough day. Um, I think it was Instagram. But what they said is they reminded themselves of their why. And I can say that's for me true. Sometimes I'm like, what? What am I doing? Like, you just, sometimes I feel like I could be going through the motions but if yeah. I literally stop and be like, okay, what am I doing? What is my why? And I feel like it, it breathes life um, into me. That's a beautiful way. Yeah. Yeah. It, and that's, so when you ask the question, don't you sometimes feel this or feel that? Of course, I feel all of those things. But then when I get back to the why or get back to, yeah, it's the why. It, it really does breathe life into me. And I go, cool. Mm, I can be mad. That it's okay for me to be angry and not want to talk to nobody right now. That's okay. Take a moment and because it's about me. Let me go take the moment that I need. Yeah, I love it. Um, another thing you said, which I loved and then made me angry. Not at you. <laughs> it wasn't you I was angry at. It was just like people. <laughs> An apology without change is manipulation. One thousand percent. And I was like, yeah, that's true. And then I thought, wait a minute. And then I was thinking about all the people that said their story and still do, sorry, and still do the same crap. It just made me mad. That's why it made me mad. That's, that's not a true apology though, isn't it? No, but I love how you said it's manipulation. I was like, oh my gosh. Cause that's what it is. It's like, you're all right. You're apologizing, but you're still carrying on with the same action. So like, and remember when a lot of the time when we read these things like what you saw a lot of the time we're only thinking about it from a perspective of when it affected us mm. we don't often think about the time when we're the person that's apologizing and we haven't changed our action oh yeah so a lot of the time when i'm sharing a lot of a lot of the time people just 
They're reading it and they're only reading it from a selfish perspective, which is fine, but I share it with taking on board that I'm guilty of this. And also, even if someone else is guilty of this, what can I do to see it from their perspective? I'm not judging them from that. I'm just, I'm just simply laying out the facts. I'm not judging you for being a manipulator because I too am guilty of the same action sometimes. So I'm not judging you. I don't feel like judgment is needed here. I'm just, I'm just putting the facts out there so we can look at ourselves from an authentic space and say, I own that. And what can I do? You know, um, I don't think that manipulation is always a negative thing. I just want us to check that because I personally feel as though my thing that I use is that I like to manipulate for the greater good. Everything I'm sharing is manipulation. I'm manipulating everybody to see what I'm sharing, but I'm, I'm manipulating for the greater good. I just, like I said, I feel like we're limited by the words we can use. So if we're going to use these words, let's at least use them for the greater good. Like, well, the English language is limited. Exactly. Yeah. Like, even if you think about like the Jamaican dialect of Patwa, it's so much more deeper. There is stuff that you say that cannot, that probably take 10 English words to explain or a whole story to explain what you mean, but it has a deeper meaning in, in Patwa. Um, yeah. or even if you think of like any Latin language, yeah. Yeah. they have a depth, depth of meaning that actually English doesn't have. Exactly. And that's why I feel like we're just, we are, we're limited by that. But I think what in those limitations, we can still use it to our benefit. So, you know, I feel like going back to what we said about the apology, you know, yeah, a, a, an apology without change is manipulation. And I just want us to own that from both perspectives, from both sides of the coin, not just as the person being manipulated, but sometimes being the manipulator. All right. I'll accept that. <laughs> I'll take a look at me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's best. It's true. It's true. But that's the best way to start. Like I always say to people, if you're in an argument, like if you were like somebody just a spectator watching two people argue and one of those, one person out of the two was, let's just go with the word, they were crazy, right? To a spectator, you're both going to look crazy because you're both arguing. Whereas if you're now a spectator and you see someone arguing crazy or you see someone just saying, look, I'm no longer going to be a part of this argument because somebody's going mad and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to take myself away. You can clearly see that there's one person going mad and another person deciding that they're not going to involve themselves in this madness. But if you're seeing two people argue and only one of them is mad, they both look mad. <laughs> so I always say, check yourself in an argument. That's uh, Rather than argue, I always say, go to people. If you're going to have a discussion with someone, I say, go to people with your accountability and your responsibility, with full ownership and say, I want to talk to you about something and I want to I tell you about my part in it rather than going to someone and telling them about their part? You know, I 100% agree. Um, and I definitely learned a lot about communication in, imagine this, in grad school. So I'm in my 30s because we're definitely not taught about healthy communication. So when no. I was in grad school doing my um, master's for counselling, I definitely learned more about communication. And um, I think that, that is so true. I think the but the hardest part for that is to have a communi- try and communicate with someone who doesn't know that. 
that, doesn't that's, know what it means to take responsibility and be open and be vulnerable. Um, you just have to share and move. Mm. That's the part. It's a real difficult part, but you have to share your truth and keep it moving. Mm. Whether they do or don't is not part of the package because you have to be the leading example of truth. And that's the part, that's the part I tell you about love. Love has no expectations. So I love you regardless of whether you love me or not. I don't need you to love me back because my love isn't, it's not defined by you loving me, which is what surface love is and what most people, how they love. You know, if you speak to any woman or any man, most people's love, to be honest, is very, everyone expects something from somebody. I don't expect nothing from nobody. I love with no expectation. That takes a lot to love with no expectation. That's true love. Mm. That's true love. Like the flower doesn't, the flower doesn't grow with the expectation of everything. The flower grows. It just does its job. The seed is to just to be the seed. It doesn't have an expectation to be anything else. It doesn't have an expectation for the sun to come out, for the rain to, to fall, for, for the every, whatever it takes. It doesn't have an expectation. The only thing it does is be the seed. The sun does the same. The sun doesn't come out trying to be anything else other than the sun. The rain doesn't try to be anything else other than the rain, but combined, coming together, the beauty is what we see on earth. But the sun doesn't try to be the rain and the rain doesn't try to be the sun and nothing tries to be anything else but its true authentic self. So it doesn't expect anything from anything else. And that's what we forget. Human beings, because we are evolving creatures we've got we've been given choice we've been given like we can make a choice you know what i mean we've got we've got freedom so we we're, we're so lost in that freedom that we don't even know what it means to truly be free because we've trapped ourselves in expectations like we, we all want to be the same love has to look like this um uh, marriage but women have to be this way men have to be that no no, we're all generally the same as human beings or as females and males, you know, but we're all uniquely individual and that should be celebrated. And it's not celebrated. We're all taught to be the same. And I'm not the same as anybody else. I told you I'm awesome. <laughs> that's the thing. I, and that's the thing I talk about with authenticity, right? That it is like the best thing, the best ride, like you say, the most beautiful thing. But yet, because we are taught to be a certain way, when someone's authentic, it's very difficult. So I am authentic. And there are just times when I say, like you do, like, is it worth it? So I just keep my mouth shut, like, you know, and just want to go in on myself because it's like, well, you're meant to say it like this, or you're not meant to do this. And so sometimes it's just like, what is the, like, literally, like, what's the point? But then I remember, you know what? I don't like that feeling of what it's like to not be authentic. So 1000%. That feeling to me is worse than having to deal with people who might not always receive um, my authenticity. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, like Whitney said, it's not right, but it's okay. (laughs) She wasn't talking about authenticity. I just, I just, I just think it works for everything. <laughs> Some things just ain't right, but it's okay, man. It just is life, isn't it? Like not everything is going to feel great, yeah. but life goes on. I mean, the worst thing that can happen to us is like death. And I remember when like 
my cousin died. I remember when my granddad died. And I remember looking outside the window. I remember being on the bus and I remember looking outside the window. And I was like, life is just continuing. But for me right now, life feels as though it's, it's stopped. But everybody else, it didn't. And that's death. So that's what I mean. It's not right, but it's okay. If we can get over death, I just feel as though we can get over everything because it's not the end of the world. Nothing, nothing stops. Like we've all lost people along the way. And look, the world is continuing. People are still doing bad things. So people are still doing good things. But the fact is, people are still doing. It doesn't stop. So for me, it's not right, but it is okay. What is that like for you, though? Um, because, you know, we talk about love and connection, right? And um, yep. one of the biggest, because we're wired to connect. And one of the biggest fears is um, being rejected because rejection means disconnecting, right? that we're disconnected. What is it like for you to experience at times perhaps, because I know for me I can go in a spiral, even the fear, not even actually experience being disconnected or rejected, but actually the fear of it is probably worse than the actual experience, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Um, What's that like for you when you experience it or even fear experiencing disconnection or rejection? You see, like you said, because rejection can feel like disconnection. But again, if you learn the lesson, you can be more connected than you've ever been before. Rejection doesn't feel great. I, like, I, I struggled with rejection a lot. Um, and I, I think I avoided it, especially in my career even in, in, in relationships, um, I avoided rejection. But again, I think that was down to society making me feel as though that I, it was something that I needed to fear when rejection is just part and parcel of learning. And there is so much beauty in rejection if you allow it, because it's also an opportunity to understand what isn't right for you. You know, like if you're religious, it's an opportunity for you to understand that God has said, that's not for you. If you're not, and you're, you're down, like for me, I'm not necessarily religious, but I, I, I refer to the higher power as a God, but I also refer to it as the universe. If you're not religious and you want to, the universe has said, it's not right for you. That's the universe's way of saying no. And that's okay. So when we, again, we just focus on rejection being something so negative. And that's why I say to you, I don't think there's any right or wrong or negative and positive, because again, the, English language is limited. I think that everything is an opportunity to learn, grow, change, and evolve. Everything. So at first, there was times when I found rejection really difficult and I had, a, I had a fear. I had a fear of failure and then I realized I had a fear of success. That one blew my mind. A lot of people have a fear of success. I didn't know that was even a thing. I was like, what? Like when I heard it, and I can't remember where I heard it, I just remember some, like it was said and it was like, like sometimes it's not just fear or failure. You can also have a fear of success. And I was like, oh my gosh, I fear success. It's not just a failure. I fear success. I fear being in that space of success and what that might look like to others and how that might perceive where I will be. Like so much things come to head and you're like, hold on. So it wasn't just like I feared success to the point where I rejected myself. So how much did I really fear rejection? Because I was, I was clean. I was, 
okay with rejecting myself and what I needed. So that's what I mean. It's kind of like about perspective and how we see things and view things. So now I just, as much as I still go through the process, I just focus on feeding everything in a way that benefits me. It's my only option. You know? So, man, you said so much good stuff. I know I could talk to you forever, but um, <laughs> it, it, one of the big things that keeps coming up for me with you is intentional. Everything right. that kind of happens to you, you have to be intent. You're like intentional about how you're going to perceive it, how you're going to process it, how you're going to experience it and not allowing it to it's almost as like you're being intentional so it doesn't consume you. That's really a good way. I've never known that's what it was, although I've known it, but you've just put it into, again, English language, just great. But yeah, <laughs> I am in, intentional about not allowing something that we could see as a, as a, do you know what I mean, hard. I'm not allowing it to dictate and define who I am. I don't need to be dictated and defined by my sadness when I know I'm epic. Like I know I'm epic. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna apologize for being epic, even when being sad, or even when not feeling too epic or awesome. I'm not gonna apologize for it. I'm not even gonna apologize for feeling sad and not so epic, because that's what made me epic to actually acknowledge that I'm not feeling too epic right now. So it just has that total cycle. It's like, okay, so you're not feeling epic, you're not feeling awesome. And like you said, why? Because I'm just not. Okay, great. Now what? Now let it go. Okay, let's do that then. Now I can get back to being epic and awesome again. Okay, so let's do that. Do you need to sit down for a minute and chill? Yeah, then do that. It's your life. Make a choice. Yeah. And that is hard. It is hard sometimes. And I hate saying it's hard because I think that it's not as hard as we make it. But there are times, because again, when I speak like this, I think people don't get how much, I want to say work, but how much I still I still battle with feeling sad and feeling blah, blah, blah. I still battle with those things. But like you said, I'm very intentional about, okay, like I don't stay there. I don't become that feeling. But every single day, like you said, I, I think, what's the point? Like, what is the point? Is your mom listening? Is, are they really listening? Do they really care? You know, you know, you're loved, you know, people are, but then you also think, are they? Yeah. I think that's so real. That's so real. Yeah, like, I've, it's, you know what it is? I, again, I have to say it with that. It's like, I have doubts, I have fears, I have anxieties, I have stress, I have sadness. Like, listen, like the amount I feel is unreal. But I promise you, I just don't become it. That's the only difference. I stand up in the thing. <laughs> you stand up in it. <laughs> yes. Stand up in it. You know what I mean? I just stand up in it and I breathe and I go, okay. Because that's what makes us human. Like, I don't know why we have to feed everything with such turmoil. That's, that's just the mess. That's the messiness of, the messiness and beauty of being human. Yeah. And I just feed the beauty over the messiness. But I totally accept the messiness. I don't, a lot of the time what people think I'm doing is like I'm ignoring it. So they think, they put they and you must get this as well. They think that positive people are just happy all the time, and that's not the case. <laughs> no. So when you're not, they're kind of like, oh, you're, you're not being very positive. Are you all right? Like, and that's what you say to me. 
when when I'm not feeling too positive. That's like, I've never said that to you in your whole entire life. All you do is thank me for being this shining light in your life. And the moment I feel down, you say, that's not very positive. Thanks. Great. It's what I needed. But hey. Yeah, because it's almost that because they see you, it's like, you know, I put it as actually they can't handle it sometimes for some people. They can't. They can't. It's like, if you're not okay, then what does that mean for me? It means the world is over. Yeah, Yeah. it means the world is over. It's like if Will and Jada don't work out for people, everyone's going to believe that relationships are dead. Yeah. That's 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 how everyone views it. What? Will and Jada? They have to be together forever. Otherwise, whoo, that that black relationship is over. It's never going to work when it's like, so we're basing black love or just, you know, that sort of black love on Will and Jada? Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Rather than actually just being present in a moment and just loving yourself in order to be able to love whoever is in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for real. I love that. So, um, like I said, I can talk to you forever, but I know... We can't, but um, I know. what is something you would like the listeners to hear or leave with today? I think you kind of said it. I, I, I know I should come, maybe come up with something fresh, but I just think that you said it. And I think we should reiterate what we said. I think people should be intentional about their epicness. They should be intentional about knowing who they are and their authenticity. You should be intentional about, you should be intentional about being consistently authentic with and from love and respect for self first, not self only. If people can do that with true consistent intention, like, you know, the, when people like, cause a lot of us, we do it for others, but we don't do it for ourselves. And I find that really strange, although I understand it because I was also guilty of it, but I just feel like now we should know, like everyone go, go on a plane. When you get on a plane, remember when, when they're telling you the emergency stuff and they're telling you, the safety procedure. And they say to you, in case of an emergency, when that mask comes down, put on your own mask first before you help anyone else with theirs. That is with intention. That's, I deserve to live. And a lot of the time we sacrifice ourselves. And I don't believe in this sacrificial love. I just don't. So I think my, my message is that people should really love with intention for self first, not self only. Love it. Thank you. And do you have any like resources or any books Anything you listen to that helps you or watch? I am, I am rubbish when it comes to books. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm rubbish. Like I, I, I just see, that, again, I think because I am really, really, I'm ferocious about my intention. I am. I'm, I'm, I'm intentional about my intention. So I just, I see things and they come to me and they come to me in a way that helps me because I'm not a person who can sit down and read a book. I find that quite boring. Yeah. I'm not a person who will sit down and watch something for hours, although I can watch something for an hour or so if it's, if it's just, if I'm engaged. So I find that if you just put out what you, just be authentic. That's why I love what you're talking about. Be authentic and you will get that right back. I put out what I want and I get it back. So I seem to receive things in just a way that I can digest it. So I get like little, yeah, I get little notes. I get little, little nuggets here and there, which, like people even send me things from books they're reading. So I don't have to read a book because people will send things to me that are like, oh, D, you were talking about this. D, read this book. And I'm like, send me what you're saying. Yeah, cool. I've read the book. Thank you. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, I lose interest very, very quickly. 
Okay. Like, so I need, I, I like to be kind of like, you know, so for me, do what works for you. And I feel like you would attract that to you. So if you know, you like to read, like look up stuff that you know, that you're intentionally trying to work on. So if you know that you're looking to work on self, read as much books that give you stuff about self-help, self-worth, self-awareness. Um, Cause if I tell you books, I'll probably be telling you books that are quite old that I've like, but I know there are so many stuff out there that like, I listen to a lot of um, Iyana, um, Yvonne, like I listen to a lot of her. She, she's got a lot, I get a lot of YouTube clips. I just listen to so many different things. Even Gary V, like Gary V is a man with intention, but he's not for everyone because he swears a lot. So again, it's about you and what works for you, you know, find the message that really um, you can digest and works for you. Thank you. And so where can we shower you with love? Um, sh- oh, I love that. Shower me with love. If you're, if we're talking online, I really want people to shower me with, with love, like with energy. That's what I need mostly, but we all know that on the surface, um, you can see, I'll be on, on Facebook, Dwayne Nosworthy, um, on Instagram. I now have my, my name, Dwayne Nosworthy on there, but it's very new. Um, either Dwayne Nosworthy or Dwayne knows he's worthy. That's my new page, which I'm going to start doing. And I'm going to put most of my kind of like intentionally put most of my, like my acting and my singing, all the stuff that I do as well as my PMA. However, right now the page on Instagram is at learn to live 100. That's at learn number two, live 100 as in the numbers 100. Okay, cool. I'm going to put that all in the show notes too. So they'll have it as well. All right. Thank you so much for being on the show. You're like you make, you're making me think <laughs> you're holding me accountable. I love it. Good. <laughs> I love that. If you connected with what you just heard, please subscribe, rate and review the podcast. You can stay connected by following our Instagram, Authentic Wednesday Podcast and visiting our website, AuthenticWednesday.com. Remember, authenticity is a journey, not a destination.